Cougs house. All right. The Houston Cougar football program has a quarterback battle to figure out. And Tuesday was the first day of practice where they figured or are figuring that out. And they're doing, yes, they're doing it at practice. Practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. Practice? You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs today, the podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrews, that break down all things Cougs. And today, we're going to break down some stuff having to do with spring practices, including a brief snapshot into the first day of that big quarterback battle between Lucas Coley and Donovan Smith. Uh, we're welcome back to you, welcoming you back to the YouTube channel. Remember, we're giving away a Galen Robinson designed Letterman jacket at 750 subscribers, and we are rapidly approaching that 750 subscriber mark. So please be sure that you hit subscribe down below, like, comment the video so we know who to give it to. Uh, if after watching this about practice and those quarterback battles and so on, or the actively black Laney Smith segment at the end, you have nothing to talk about. Tell us if you think water has a taste. Now, I should mention that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We love our partnership there with FanDuel. They're a great, great sports book to be a part of. It's a great, great group to work with. Um, in this first segment of the show, we're going to talk some about that quarterback battle and the marquee names and some of those key skill position bits. The second segment, we're going to look some at other news and notes from across uh, really, I should say from across the rest of practice. And in the third and final segment, I'd like to take a moment to kind of step a little bit further back. It's not really a football program thing or a basketball program thing. But look at the brand, Actively Black, and its connection through Lanny Smith uh, to the Houston Cougar Athletic Department. But first, we are all very much wondering where the quarterback battle will go. So in doing so, um, obviously in doing my own Houston-born teacher and coach and doing my own teaching and coaching, I'm not at practice. I am looking at a bunch of tape from practice. And then I'm also asking the people that are posting and sending things out uh, what they think. I'm dropping some questions. What you see here? What you see there? And trying to analyze things like that, which means I probably do need to give credit where credit is due. Uh, the public stuff I'm seeing out there was from Go Cougs. Pod Slam Jamma, uh, Mark Berman. I also uh, saw uh, James Mueller, uh, a handful of different reporters on site for the first day of practice. Um, I'm, you know, Andy's always the guy. He, Andy's friend of the show. He's been on before. Um, fun to talk to those guys about what kind of stuff they're seeing. Uh, the spring football game is open to the public on April 7th. That's the chance when we all get to see the kinds of things they're seeing. That's also later in the day. These practices are happening early in the morning, um, kind of before the heat really hits and picks up. Um, that is all that said. I thought it was interesting that there was a strategic way that Houston's going about this. Um, a lot of the reps that they were giving out, especially the reps on video, um, you kind of saw Coley and Smith splitting reps um you know first team here first team there second team there second team there um coley i think did get the first nod a little bit because he kind of knows the lay of the land obviously having transferred in about a year ago at this point um from arkansas but i was a standing next to each other it was i mean i knew donovan smith was a much bigger guy 
but it's really, really interesting to see Donovan Smith being such a bigger guy and also being so much, uh, this sounds weird, daintier on his feet. He was much lighter on his toes in and out of some of the different bag drills, step over drills, footwork drills, and stuff they're doing while they're trying to throw on the run. Um, just kind of speaks to his athleticism. Not that Coley wasn't a strong athlete, but it was interesting to see how those worked, at least in like the t-shirt and shorts kind of drills. They were doing a lot of, obviously no quarterbacks getting hit anytime soon. Uh, and that changes the game a whole, whole lot. Um, but it was interesting to see that as well. Um, also worth pointing out in watching this, um, I thought they both threw pretty good balls. I don't mean to say that either one didn't throw a great ball. I thought there was a lot more zip on Lucas Coley's throws and a lot more touch on Donovan Smith's throws. And that's not to say that there's a preference I have in either one. Um, it was just an interesting observation to see, like, oh, when they're throwing into the you know these nets and putting things in, Smith probably has a little bit more loft on his football, but it's also putting a little bit more accurate spot. And intuitively, I would think it's a little bit easier to catch. When I played football through college, I didn't play a whole lot of positions that caught the football, but I'd, intuitively, right, that would look like it to me. Um, when I look at like what Lucas Coley is doing, He's putting so much mustard on it that I don't know how a defender could ever get a hand on it because it's coming off his hand so, so fast. And so that back and forth will be interesting to see. Um, they both got work with what I thought looked like the uh, first team skill group, uh, mostly because it had Matthew Golden in it. Um, the first trio of receivers I saw in that, which I, first of all, I should mention, I think is interesting. A trio of receivers implies to me that you have a tight end and a running back and that's your five skill positions, right? <coughs> That they're working out in trios signifies, again, to me, that they're probably looking at a lot of 11 personnel because they're working in past concepts out of 11 personnel. Now, admittedly, they only have three quarterbacks in the roster. Absolutely. But is it worth pointing out that, like, could you have a GA or a coach throw the fourth ball? The only thing to do, we have, like, three guys throwing the ball and three guys running routes in a concept or a combination. You could just as easily have a fourth guy as a GA or a coach or anyone who played quarterback in high school come back there to throw the football for that option. But instead, uh, Jake Sock was the third quarterback and did three on three, three balls in the air for three different routes. Um, that first, <coughs> that first skinny guy combination, the receivers out there were Sam Brown, Matthew Golden as the two outsides, and then Joseph Manjack as the inside receiver. In the second group, you had CJ Nelson and Stefan Johnson, uh, Stephon Johnson, obviously the big transfer, just got here. And uh, C.J. Nelson, I believe, is also a transfer. Um, no, I'm sorry, from just from uh, Northwestern Hills, Texas, so a little bit further away. <clears throat> but didn't get a whole lot of uh, snaps last season. Um, so those are the two outside guys in that one. Uh, and then that was where you saw Josh Cobbs and the inside guy. Now, what's interesting to me as a coach is – they clearly are valuing a big, strong inside guy in those route combinations, at least on day one. Uh, Joseph Manjack, 6'3", 205. Josh Cobb, 6'4", 205. Um, and frankly, Cobb looked really long and lanky. Like, as not lanky, I guess not skinny, but like all long arms. And so I wonder if they're looking for like a ball, uh, like security kind of guy or more of a uh, possession type guy in those spots. Excuse me, sorry. Um, in doing that, I thought that you know that might be the kind of guy where you're looking for more like the Coley zip because that's just so close to where the line of scrimmage is, and the <coughs> more of the deep stuff going on, coming on that touch kind of stuff you're seeing Diamond Smith throw. You know, I don't necessarily know there's a decision being made there quite yet, 
But I do know that um, Houston was clearly being intentional about who got to play what snaps, right? They were not going to just run out and say, okay, Coley got the whole first team on day one. Um, they want to make sure they saw everyone throw with everyone, right? I will say I was impressed with Lucas Coley in the clips I've seen, and I frankly am probably high on him now and today than I would have been six weeks ago or a month ago when we're looking at getting a transfer quarterback in, right? Um, that's really a credit to the work he's done since. I saw him, his high school tape against small, small-time high school competition. I guess you could also talk about going back and finding his Friday night tights tape um, as well. But um, I, it was just fun, interesting to see that you know play out, and he's clearly grown up a lot. And I'm not upset either way at this point in the direction they go. I would just like to see more continued competition between them and frankly, what would be really cool is if we got some transparency from Holgie <coughs> or Nick Gavi or Mike Bruchette or whoever as far as what kinds of things they're looking for in the competition. Uh, in the second thing, I want to talk about other guys out there competing and the big fellas that are protecting those guys. But first, we got to talk about our buddies at FanDuel because it's the midway point in the NBA season and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because their new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. You can do any NBA lines you'd like. To, uh, tonight, I guess I should say, as we're recording this, uh, Wednesday night, at <coughs> you got the Battle of New York between Brooklyn and the Knicks. Uh, obviously, I'm going Quentin Grimes, Houston Cougar, go Cougs. Uh, the Knicks are favored by seven points. The Nets are dismantled. It's in the garden. Uh, I'm taking QG all the way there. Um, they're going to win by a lot more than seven points, I feel like. So I'm taking them in the points at that point. I'm saying you should do it at FanDuel. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with same game parlay. Don't miss the <coughs> excuse me, chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. So in the second segment, I said I want to talk a little bit about the big fellas. And obviously part of that is because Coach Imani Gavi is new. And not only is he new, he's new, one of those guys that as a young coach is kind of categorically, uh, meteorically rising he already had a little bit of an offensive coordinator role at a smaller school. Um, but in watching him come in, it was interesting to see like the tone he hit practice with. The pace of his drills appear to be really, really fast-paced. And I don't mean to you know talk badly about anybody. I don't know that the Houston offensive lineman group looked like they were exactly up to the task, at least for the speed of the drills that he was asking for. And I think that's a good sign for the growth you'll see out of that group because Houston's got eight returning linemen, including you add in Jalen Garth, who had to miss the 2022 season, uh, ineligible after a late transfer. Um, I think that's a good, good sign. He was really focused on like fine-tuning specific details. They did like a six-point stance deal. So six-point stance, uh, if your lineman is, you got both hands on the ground, that's one, two, both knees on the ground, that's two, three, and then your toes are on the ground, that's, uh, that's, four, that's three, four, and then your toes on the ground, that's five, six. Six points of contact with the ground and exploding into the sled, right? And he really, really focused on their eyes. He was really, really focused on things about like where they're looking and where they're looking through and already looking at that next and third and fourth level of teaching these concepts um, from day one. 
interesting to hear positive things I would say to hear. Um, but <laughs> in pushing the pace on those, I think there are a lot of Houston Cougar linemen that were like, like, Oh, Whoa, this is the new where we're doing these things. Um, it felt faster even for a teach day, first day kind of stuff. than I think they were ready for, um, I also was interested, you know, Houston had their problems with holding and things like that last year, right? Houston's the most penalized team in college football, not only by year's end, but for the majority of the season. Uh, to From day one, they were doing a lot of their drills. Not all their drills, but a lot of their drills I got video sent to me of in what I'm calling handcuffs. And if you got a better name for this as a coach, uh, A, let me know. But B, I'd like to use them as well. Um, the handcuffs were like, they looked almost like rubber or something like that, but they kept the offensive lineman's hands, and for the audio-only folks, I'm sorry, but very close together. And so when you're popping guys and blocking guys, you're less likely to like have your hand drift out and get that holding call where you're out away from your body because you got him in here. Now, you could obviously hold with your two hands away from your body, but you're certainly a lot less likely to have like the accidental hand out and those kinds of things. I It was like an interesting like teaching tool in the first, like, hey, we're going to train our hands to be really, really close together from the jump, right, from the jump. Very, very specific. And they were doing it in a number of different drills. And that to me means like it's trying to carry over from drill to drill. Again, Houston's got every reason that you could argue they ought to feel comfortable with their offensive line play. Every reason you could argue that they're bringing back a bunch of starters and Patrick Paul will be a pro one day. And like if you look across the line, like they're pretty talented for a team moving up to the Big 12. Like I think they look fairly ready. But He's very much drilling in like basic teaching concepts on day one to keep fundamentals very, very sound. I was impressed by it. I thought it was really, really good to see happen. Um, obviously, those big fellas are going to be blocking for the quarterbacks. They're also going to be blocking for the running backs. And uh, Alton McCaskill, it's good to see him back on the field running around. He had the ACL injury and missed the 2022 season. But in the 2021 season, he had the most rushing touchdowns for a freshman in UH history. Um, really, really talented running back. And it was good to see him back and in action. He was wearing a green jersey. Um, and that obviously is just to, you know, make sure that if they ever got in a team type situation, you could like tell them apart. He was not the only green jersey on the field. Um, but I, worth noting, their green jersey is different than a black jersey, and the black jersey being the ones the quarterbacks are wearing. Um, McCaskill, 6'1, 210. And I thought he looked like a really good in shape 210 in his latest measurement. Um, like he looked with an ACL injury, guys can't like, you know, stay in shade the same way in the downtime, and you worry like, "Ooh, we're going to look like going to show back up." McCaskill looked to be in really good shape. Um, pro- the Conroe, Texas product looked really, really ready to roll. And frankly, I know we're all like eager to see him hit somebody. It, I wish, I wish we could see him more active this spring, but I understand we're waiting till the fall. Um, but he looked great in bag drills, looked great in uh, uh, mesh drills, looked great in all kinds of different basic running back drills you'd see. Really, really impressive there. Um, other big fella thing I want to point out. Um, we've already run one off. <laughs> uh, if you're if you don't know what I'm talking about, it was very evident that it must have been shortly after practice. Uh, Chase Todd, a 6'2, 305-pound junior, uh, entered the transfer portal shortly after practice. Now, I don't have confirmation on if he was at practice or not. If you've got confirmation, let me know down below. But um, needless to say that if he's transferring out. Right after practice, he saw the writing on the wall about something. Either he and Nyagavi weren't going to get along, or he was never going to get in, or he might just he might just be done. Sometimes college kids get to that junior senior year, realize that NFL dream is still just a really really distant pipe dream at best, 
And they, they're like, you know what? This is a lot of work and a lot of pain. I'm just going to go to class. And that's a big guy to just go to class, but we'll see. We'll see what's next for him. He is entering the transfer portal. Um, and so, obviously, when we have more news on that, we'll, we will send it along. Um, but I, you know, I don't want to run guys off, but I will say that I feel like as, if a junior is in the, entering the portal at this point, I do think that says something positive about the guys that are staying because it means they had that like that clear hold on the positions that it didn't this kid didn't feel like I'm gonna I have a chance to squeeze in there. Oh, that guy looks weak. I can I can pop in there, I can get in that spot. Like, no, that ain't happening. And frankly, um, uh, if you're like a competitive football guy with Houston moving up to the Big 12, you could almost argue that everybody should be staying because you're not gonna transfer to a program higher than the Big 12 conference coming out of American if you weren't getting real time on the field anyway. Right. Um, so I say all that to say that I think it was an overall very successful first day at practice. It looked like um, the seven on seven skill drill kind of stuff looked fairly competitive. Um, it did look like the offense won a lot more reps than the defense did, but that could also just be videos, right? That could also just be videos. Um, and I will say um, that it looked like to me that there was a lot of intentional work being done on footwork defensively in the DB back half for sure. Um, linebackers pursuing the football while moving forward for sure. Um, really, really impressed by some of the bag work that D linemen were doing. Obviously, that's like the strength of the defense and has been for a long time. But like they were doing what we called four corners. So you like you had a box of like the wobble dummies, and you come around and every time you pop one, you turn it a 90-degree angle and pop with a hand move. Um Nelson Caesar hit the thing so hard I thought it was gonna stay down. It was really, really impressive to watch him go around that. And frankly, um, it's you know, it's a leadership year for Nelson Caesar, right? He was the young guy for Derek Parrish and Anthony Jones last year. And now it's his turn to lead the group. Um, and so he and Don Wonka will be interesting to watch. Um, obviously, Ish Harris will be interesting to watch in his transition back down to the line. And Wegbu will be interesting to watch in his transition back down to the line, too. Those guys both played linebacker at the Power 5 level before transferring to Houston to play DN at the up-and-coming Power 5 level, I should say. They're both listed as edge rushers. Um, so we'll see what that looks like on the whole though, exciting first day of practice. Second day of practice is Thursday. So while we have a bunch of stuff happening on campus on Thursday, you can bet we'll find some time to talk about how that went as well. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, or things to look for, comment down below. We'll be sure to look forward to those kinds to answering those kinds of things as well. Um, but I would like to get into the third segment, talk some about Laney Smith, so let's get to it. Now, Laney Smith, uh, I think, made waves in uh, Houston Cougar corners, uh, I guess, first as a player. <laughs> like, I, I should probably like point out, he did play for the University of Houston. Um, I want to make sure I got his years accurate here. Um, but in, in doing so, yeah, so he graduates in 2008 from the University of Houston. He shows up so well before Kelvin Sampson, but um, in – He's a you know entrepreneurial kind of guy. That's a hard word to say. Entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial kind of guy. Um, but in doing so, he uh, has created this brand called Actively Black, and it's like a combination of like active wear, uh, sports wear, athleisure, all the kinds of like crossover and athletic wear you see today, where it's like kind of like joggers have become almost professional to wear in some some situations. I wear a hoodie a lot of days to work, and I wear usually khaki colored or material joggers, but which work often enough. Um, he's combining those things with homages to black history. 
um, in a way that's really, really cool to see, especially as we're like wrapping up Black History Month. Right, yeah, we just ended Black History Month, moving into Women's History Month. More to come on Women's History Month. Hopefully later we get into March Madness as well. Um, but in doing so, he's like tying in Black history and uh, pride in Black culture into the brand in a way that's interesting and cool to see um, from a, a brand with the you know hopeful national reach. He invested a lot of money in this. Uh, it looks like with his own money and donor money and startup funds and stuff like that and investors, they're up to millions and millions of dollars invested in this. Really, and like it's high quality products and stuff, right? It's it's the equivalent of your Lululemon's kinds of stuff. It's really, really cool materials. Um, but it's also all a, about supporting Black-owned businesses and Black culture. And he made headlines in the last week by sponsoring an NIL deal with the entire Houston Cougar Athletic uh, or the basketball program. And in doing so, um, he caught the eyes of a lot of people because that's a way for him. He's giving back to the college basketball program that helped get him to the degree that got him to the entrepreneur. Like it's this cyclical motion. Right. Um, and it like, it all ties back to one another. Really, really cool to see. Um, now, yeah, Lanny's Lanny's from Missouri city. Like he is, he is Houston through and through. So it's, it makes a lot of sense that he's tying this back to his hometown and his college team as it's like on the rise The programs built to be as strong as it's ever been. Right. Um, but he would point to it spreading this bigger message. Once he sponsored the NIL deal, if you go back and check the Instagram feeds and stuff like that, all the Houston Cougar basketball players posted videos, uh, very clearly a coordinated social uh, marketing, social media marketing effort in which they posted videos of the history of black history and black history in sports on campus. Obviously, Elvin Hayes and Don Chaney being the first two black players to suit up for the Houston Cougar basketball team. But also, uh, they would go on to be, uh, you know, two of the first uh, black athletes at public schools in the state of Texas. Um, and <clears throat> they'd go on to, like, have their own – they had, like, in interesting stories about overcoming a lot of adversity on campus and in, in their travels around the country playing basketball for the U of H while winning a boatload of basketball games. Um, the U of H has a number of other, you know, big-time moments in black history, too, while – Houston went on the road a couple of years later to take the first ever black player to play in an SEC stadium, right? Like it has a bunch of like tie-ins to black history in a way that I think Lenny's doing a good job of tapping into. Um, but it was interesting. So I say, let's say like, this was actually a story like any day in the last week, but it's coming up today because frankly, coach Kelvin Sanson was asked about it. And, you know, I thought he had a really interesting and powerful way to put what Laney's doing uh, now. I I enjoy posting Kelvin Sampson quotes, I guess, on Twitter and Instagram. So if you follow me at Painters Five One Two, you know that I enjoy the kinds of things he says all the time. I mean, stuff like his colloquialisms, like we don't know if we're on foot or horseback. Like those are fun and silly, but also his things about like you know, it's not being down about yourself when you're being selfless. It's thinking more of others, right? Like those kinds of comments he has, just kind of off the cuff, I think are really really powerful. And on Laney Smith, he kind of had the same moment. He said that Laney is one of those guys that one of those people that uh, get involved. Lots of people would like to help. Then you have people like Laney that figure out how to help by using their voice. Now, I think that that's really, really powerful because, you know, Laney as an entrepreneur with a great degree behind him, or at least you and I both think it's a great degree behind him, could be doing a lot of different things, right? He could be doing a lot of different things. And then even once he built Actively Black as a for-profit company. I don't mean to say make this sound like like charitable. Um, 
he's an entrepreneur. He's making money. That's the name of the game, right? It's capitalism. But in doing so, he's also using it as a chance to give back to the university in a way that, like, you don't see across the board all the time. Sometimes just like the Fertitta family, donating big checks. We want all the checks. Thank you uh, for all that that does for the programs and the school and, and everything. But in this like cyclical way where he's going to promote the athletes to then go make their own money to get, then go do their own things. And you hope that, you know, if, if he creates some big uh, opportunity for Jamal Shed and then Jamal Shed graduates, plays his amount of basketball, whatever he's got left afterwards. And then, you know, comes back and does his own thing with the university and say, he's doing, um, something about uh, working with sustainability in cars. Like, so who knows, right? Who knows where things go? Oh, sorry. And um, I, I just think it's interesting, like way to build the NIL program. And I think it's an interesting way to build like a, as a history teacher, tying in history, these things. I mean, like there's a whole line with John Carlos, right. And like, like that's a cool way to go about this company as well as a history teacher. I'm really, really cool. I think it's really, really cool. Um, but it also, I think is a cool way to look at like, giving back to the program in a way that helps it eventually continue to build and snowball in a good way. Right now. Um, I guess we can throw Lanny Smith. Yeah. We can throw Lanny Smith's link to his products and stuff in uh, the line down below. If you go to Instagram, each different player has like, you know, their little spiel about it. if you go check out their Instagram pages. Um, I noticed they didn't put a, post on Twitter. We don't have much of a tweeting team. We have a big time Instagram team, not a whole lot of tweeting team. But that's the way that goes. Um, so make sure you go check out that as well. The link will be down below in the description. Um, speaking of checking things out, make sure you check out Locked on Cougs each and every day. We're happy to bring you the latest on the Houston Cougars each and every day of the year. Your number one daily podcast on all things Houston Cougars. Uh, make sure you subscribe so we can get you someone, one of these uh, Galen Robinson-designed Letterman jackets for the city on the back. Houston Cougars in the front. Really, really cool, cool jacket uh excited to give one of those out at 750 subscribers so we got to get there uh if you want to talk to me about houston cougar football basketball baseball started softball started uh we talk about the rockets they're kind of depressing when we talk about them or the astros or whomever uh D'Amico ryan's like that high we'll see what the texans doing the draft maybe they get tank dell how cool would that be to get all put together um you can do all those things to me at painsworth five just p-a-i-n-s-w-o-r-t-h-512 on twitter instagram and all of your social media handles Thank you all so much for checking out the show today. If you're looking for a second listen of the day, I'm going to recommend Locked On Big 12. It looks like Wednesday may be a big day for some news and conference realignment. And that's all the information I got that I can, I think is confident enough to go public with. Uh, so we'll see what that looks like. Um, so, hey, go check out Locked On Big 12 because Josh doing a great job covering all those things. And he may have more to say later. We'll see. And B, uh, that's the conference we're going into next year. So we need to know something about it. Go check out. That's a great place to learn all about the conference. Locked on Cougs is a proud member of the Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.